Welcome to Malicious Mamas, a podcast dedicated to an all-female perspective on lore, legends, and the creatures of the insomnia-driven fears you have at 3 a.m. I am your host, Nikki Mandiola. This week's mama pulls us into the mysterious and spirit-laden grounds of New Orleans. Just the word voodoo can stop many in their tracks, but it happens to be what this mama made her living on. Something I found surprising while researching Miss Laveau was how she was regarded amongst her community. Since she did happen to help people through what was referred to as dark magic, she became highly respected. Of course, there were some who deemed her as a witch, but with any powerful figure, there are going to be polarizing opinions. Nonetheless, this mama took advantage of her power and eventually became the most sought-out voodoo queen of the 19th century. Without further ado, this week's topic is Marie Laveau. To set the scene of Marie's upbringing in New Orleans of the 1800s, it's important to look at the collection of people living in the city at the time. Comprised of a mix of French settlers, black slaves, free people of color, Native Americans, and Acadians, this area bustled with many different beliefs and ideals. First settlers of New Orleans were French aristocrats, specifically the second-born sons of these rich French families seeking a new life in the New World. These settlers were referred to as Creole, which leads us to Marie's origin. Born on September 10, 1794, to white Creole plantation owner Charles Laveau and mistress Marguerite Darkentrell, a black and Choctaw Native American woman, Marie was the illegitimate daughter of the pair. Growing up on the French Quarter-located plantation, Laveau was trained as a hairdresser. Once reaching adulthood, she was described as tall and beautiful, with her curly black hair and golden skin. In August of 1819, Laveau married Jacques Paris, a Haitian carpenter. Together, the couple moved into a home in the French Quarter. Five years later, Paris mysteriously went missing. Marie was convinced her husband had died, and following this announcement, she took the traditional name of Widow Paris. Although the newly deemed Widow Paris was sure her husband had perished, most evidence suggests Jacques had just deserted his wife. In order to support herself, Laveau relied on her education in hairdressing and began to cater to the white, wealthy, Creole women of New Orleans. Welcoming her into their circle of trust, Marie became a confidant to these women, who confessed to her the intimate details of their lives. From their husbands and lovers to their estates and business affairs, Laveau knew it all. Remaining as widow Paris during this time, in 1826, she entered into a common-law marriage with Louis-Christophe Dominique Dumini de Glapillon, a man from a noble French family prominent in the area. Having 15 children together, Laveau decided to retire as a hairdresser in order to raise their kids. Ever the crafty businesswoman, Marie moved on to a new interest that would turn into her primary source of income. While taking this time to raise her children, Laveau studied African traditional beliefs, which led her to the practice of voodoo. Although she was opened up to this new spiritual world, Marie remained a devout Catholic, attending Mass every Sunday. Even though she was slowly becoming the dominant practitioner of voodoo in New Orleans, 
Marie consistently urged her clients to attend church. Combining her Catholic and Voodoo beliefs helped Laveau and her work to gain acceptance amongst the rich upper class. Catholic influences on her work included using holy water, statues of saints, and Christian prayers. By 1830, she was one of several voodoo queens in the area, and her power soon spread, causing the others out of business while she ruled supreme. Combined with her voodoo belief in recognizing the spiritual forces that preside over daily life, Marie made her income through people, rich or poor, who desired to use this dark power to control others. With this, Laveau helped others to enact revenge, gain lovers, and even become pregnant. To achieve connection to the spirit world, Laveau used music, dance, singing, as well as snakes to aid her clients. Selling charms, magical powders, fortune readings, and love advice, Marie ran her business out of her small cottage in the French Quarter. On top of this, Laveau sold amulets called Grigri, consisting of herbs, oils, stones, hair, nails, bones, and grave dirt, all wrapped in a pouch which was used to ward off evil if worn on your person. Holding public rituals in Congo Square, a space where the normally segregated New Orleans people mixed freely, Marie was known to draw large crowds. As Laveau's influence grew, her white, wealthy clients were amazed by how she seemed to magically know information about their lives. This power was due to her network of informants, made up of the servants who worked in these estates, which she either paid off or cured of ailments in exchange for information. At the height of her reign, Marie was both feared and respected by the people of New Orleans. Stories circulated throughout the community, warning listeners of their fate should they ever cross Miss Laveau. It was said that she even had the ability to put officials in or out of City Hall. Although a powerful and successful businesswoman, Marie still managed to help out with other causes, devoting time to nursing the sick as well as counseling imprisoned men prior to their execution. During her life, Laveau managed to be simultaneously condemned as a witch and praised as a saint. In 1875, Marie officially announced her retirement with her last public ritual performance, but she never truly ended her practice. Until her death on June 15, 1881, Laveau continued her services out of her home. Upon her death, newspapers decided to avoid mentioning voodoo and referred to her as a nurse skilled in the practice of medicine. Laveau's husband passed around 30 years prior, and she was survived by their only remaining daughter, as the other 14 children never made it to adulthood. Buried in an above-ground crypt in St. Louis Cemetery No. 1, otherwise regarded as the most haunted cemetery in New Orleans, Marie's spirit has been seen at unrest. Some reports claim that Laveau's apparition walks amongst the tombs of the graveyard, donning her trademark turban. Once approached, the spirit seems to disappear into thin air. Other reports claim that Marie appears in the form of a cat with glowing red eyes, who has been seen to walk into Laveau's sealed tomb door and vanish. Although gone for many years, Marie has not been forgotten. Admirers leave offerings of coins, 
Mardi Gras beads, flowers, rum, and candles to her spirit by the Glampian tomb where she is buried. These offerings are exchanged for guidance, and if the seeker's wish was granted, they would return to mark three X's on the crypt. Today, no public access is granted to the cemetery because of vandalism concerns over the tomb. However, authorized tours are still permitted to visit. So, if you would like to pay tribute to the voodoo queen of New Orleans, be sure to catch a tour, and perhaps you'll encounter Laveau's spirit during your visit. On that note, let's conclude this episode. If you have any suggestions on mamas you'd like me to cover, or a spooky tale to share, please send an email to maliciousmamas at gmail.com. If you're looking for more mamas in your life, follow Malicious Mamas on both Instagram and Twitter. Also, if you could rate, comment, and subscribe to Malicious Mamas on your favorite podcast app, it would really help out, and I would greatly appreciate the feedback. Until next time, keep it real, mamas.